So I was in bed before 4 a.m. And then I decided I wanted to get up and refresh my ancestors' glasses. And then I did a floor wash, took out all the trash, saged all of the mediocrity out of my house. And now I'm sitting here at the computer thinking about this dope-ass conversation I had with Chrysalis' son on the 30th of January. And (laughs) it is now February 21st, and it's time that you all heard this amazing woman talk to us about some really interesting things. In this episode, we're going to talk about initiation, sex work. We talk about our spirituality, ancestor veneration. We talk about a lot of stuff. I think I think it would be harder to say what we didn't talk about <laughs> in this episode. And even though it's almost 2 a.m. here in Miami Beach, I really want to push this episode out because it was really a healing and therapeutic conversation for me. And I think that you'll benefit from listening to my dear sister share some of her ideas and thoughts just like I did. I hope you enjoy this episode. This call is being recorded. What's good, witches? This is Ayodele Fuega of BossyBeha.com. I just woke up from a nap, so my voice sounds a little bit crazy, but it will clear up <laughs> over the course of this recording. I have a special guest with me tonight. I'm super excited um, to be joined by Crystal's son. Some of you have seen me shout her page out online. We're going to be getting into some of the things that she does. We're going to be in her wheelhouse tonight. Um, and I'm really excited about that because this is going to be a really great opportunity for you guys to learn more about what she actually does. She's an initiate. She's a sex goddess, a dom, <laughs> and um, an all-out witch. I've known you for like four or five years now. We met in Vegas. And now you're working as like a healer. She's an ast- astrologer. Um, she and her um, partner are very well known in the community. And you have an online institute, an online academy. Like we, we gotta get into everything that you do, so that people can know. Because I don't even think I know everything you do. <laughs> wow. It's a lot, right? Yeah, so what do you mean? Do you remember? Um, you know what? Well, okay, so I remember, yes, because you were, um, you, when you came to Vegas, you were with Zuli, um, and so that's how we met. We met through Zuli, um, and I remember because she was so excited for you to come out, you know, to to Vegas. She was so excited, and, um, yeah, that's how we met, and it's so crazy because, like, it was so much going on around that time for everybody. And so I know me and you, we didn't really, like, connect a whole lot. Um, right. But it's like, but we were, like, still kindred. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember talking a couple of times, and I was like, I like that girl that be in a in 
in her um her room in the back of the house minding her own business, <laughs> studying real estate, not engaged in no job of fucking with you niggas. I like her. <laughs> you had big red hair at the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like that big girl me. back there. I like her. She'll be out here. It better this little drama, honey. I like that. Oh. <laughs> right in the, the hippie Ooh. house. That's what it was. The 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 communal uh, house. Oh God, we already that's a whole other conversation. All of Period. us in that house. <laughs> <laughs> we all have different names for this particular house, but it was a it was an intersection. I'm like, is this house built on a maybe on a um a vortex, a positive or a negative vortex? <laughs> It had to be <laughs> that house. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely an intersection, a, a place where a lot of different spiritualist artists, um, community activists met up. A lot of social yeah. organizers came through that house. Incredible yeah. workers. Yeah. Um, and then just a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh emotions. Anyways <laughs> we are now away from Vegas, we have grown beyond some of those lessons, and you're now based in Atlanta. Yes, I am, and um, I just want to say first, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely am excited um, and honored and grateful that you invited me on um, to just talk about what I do. But yeah, I am based in Atlanta. I have a business. Um, it's called Therapeutic Vibrations. It was birthed here in Atlanta. Um, it was seeded in Vegas, but it fully bloomed once I got here, and um, it started off, and it still is, you know, a holistic health business. So when I started it, um, it was, you know, the focus was yoga and meditation and nutrition and just, like, holistic lifestyle, holistic health, and then over time, as I've evolved, the business has evolved. So then it started to encompass more of, like, the spirituality aspects and um, and it already, it always had that component, but it was more on the metaphysical level. It wasn't so much on like the spiritual, um, religious, like as far as like African traditional religion. Um, and definitely like the hoodoo and the conjure came like recently, like within the last year and a half to two years of that business. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the business, um, that I have here in Atlanta. Because I know you were practicing these things. I know that you've been in, you've been um interested at least in in being initiated. You're now initiated, and you're working on some some other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am initiated um as a Aberisha um in the Lukumi tradition um which Lukumi is it's popularly known as Santeria. Um, and then when it, it's, but it's Orisha, it's Orisha, uh, uh, based or Orisha worship, um, or Orisha devotee, however you want to put it. And a lot of people ask, you know, like the difference between Lukumi and Isa. Um, the difference is, um, the lineage. So, yes, it's all Orisha based. Yes, it all comes out of your, you know, Yoruba. Um, or uh, that part of Africa, like Nigeria, Ghana, those areas. However, um, Lukumi has the uh, Cuban base or the uh, Latin base to it, whereas Ifa does not. So that's the reason why in Lukumi you'll see a lot of the Orishas that are synchronized with the Catholic saints, whereas in Ifa you don't see that. 
and there's certain rites and traditions and um, certain hierarchies of the priesthood that's different in Lukumi than it is in Ifa. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have a wonderful episode on your podcast where you talked about what initiation even is for, which I listened to that episode, and I loved it. I would, I would, I would link it in the show notes so that <laughs> yes. folks can go listen to that because they really do need to hear it. It was, you know, it was a little bit of um of commentary on some things happening, you know, within the <laughs> ATS. <laughs> well, I thank you very much for shouting out that podcast. And um, that shit was I good, honey. We, we cackle because, you know, because – I knows me for a while. She knows that I'm like the whistleblower. Like, so I'm known mm-hmm. in the group, in the sisterhood, in the cover for being that one witch that doesn't give a fuck and will just say whatever. I say the <laughs> thing that no, that no, I'll just say it. Like, or put it out there, you know, things out there yes. that other people may not necessarily be comfortable with. Um, that's that part of my energy. So that's why we both laugh because, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> With my podcast, I've calmed down a lot because I've had I've learned lessons around that. I, I ended up getting into a lot of spiritual wars and spiritual battles because of my tendency to to whistleblow. And so I I don't say half the shit that I'd be wanting to say on my own podcast. Right. No, I do. I appreciate that about your energy. And I remember the first time um, that I really witnessed it. I was like so scared <laughs> and so just in awe and so grateful um for you like that boldness since then I've been like this this woman got a machete under her skirt like You're y'all right. she will take y'all heads off she will y'all better listen y'all better act right righteousness will save you <laughs> <laughs> right, this um, will save you. I remember you calling somebody out by name online publicly. Is this you? Because it sounds like you. Oh my God. Damn, and this is somebody who was involved in a, um, a little bit of a, a scandal where he, yeah. is, he was molesting people, like, is is this, you? I was just, um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is going to happen next, but it was, it was necessary, it was needed, yeah, um, definitely, thankfully afterwards, the brother came, you know, his brother came and got that ass, but, yeah, was, you know, the better the big gonna speak, we know Crystal's son gonna speak, so that's good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I love how much you're sharing. That's one thing. um, You know, I have a a big issue with is a lot of um, practitioners and so-called leaders, so-called elders, so-called teachers online will, you know, will kind of offhandedly um, and even sometimes backhandedly um say these comments that you know kind of um insinuating that the younger witches are doing things wrong y'all don't know what y'all doing y'all don't know what she's talking about but then they won't follow that up with any correction they won't Mm -hmm. follow it up with any knowledge you know what i mean i don't Mm -hmm. know what that is all about 
But I do love that even though I know you to be a relatively private person, um, a relatively minding your own business, doing your thing person, how much you are sharing and how much you are putting out your published author now. I have a copy of your amazing book. I'm loving it. <laughs> and Thank you. <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised that she's such a good writer, but I, it was more just like, this is another thing that she can do, which is, you know what I mean? Which is really, it's a, it's a, a lovely thing to see from a person who, who um, is, you know, generally minding their business. It's like, wow, I can do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so That's I really love that about it too. It's just like, as much as I be whistleblowing, I be minding my own business too. I, you do. That's ironic. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I think that there's a part of there's a thing in you that is like, I got shit to do. I got work to do. I got a purpose yeah. here. You know what I mean? I have to honor my ancestors. But there's also a part of you that's extremely protective of the sisters. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Very much so. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. That's some real shit. Um, so what would you say is your main work right now? The main my thing main, you're doing. My main thing I'm doing. So the main thing is um well the my main thing is sharing knowledge. So mm-hmm. and this is something that has come up a lot. Um it's actually interesting, it's come up a lot in my uh it came up in my chart as far as my astrological chart. The path of me needing to share knowledge and then the other it's come up several times in reading you know from elders and things like that so when I say share knowledge teaching people you know through my writings like books my you know my 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 podcast my um blogs I do have a YouTube channel um I've done a lot since I've done a video because it's a lot to do videos but it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier just to do a podcast and record it post it that's it um And um and then also um uh, me having me being marked for for priesthood you know is another aspect of me teaching and passing on tradition so that's the main thing but as far as just like my work itself the main thing is crystal because that's something that I have been with doing for since I was like thirteen and um wow. so like healing with crystals using crystals for um just all everything like that's why the book is called the complete guide to crystal medicine because it's all encompassing on how you can use crystals to heal yourself and heal your community um so the crystals is the main thing um and then the sharing of the knowledge and then but it's like i do so much because i'm a creative yeah so then there's all these byproducts right so you know i like to make shit so i bead and I make oils and the and the washes and you know any other little yeah. thing that I you know it's always like a new project. I write poetry, you know. There's just it's like as long as I'm able to create, you know, that's 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 the other aspect of things too. But I guess that's the reason why it's difficult to kind of you know like oh what does she do because I do so much that I've had to learn to like focus that and not just because I can do a lot doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do a lot. Um, mm. You know, so I've had to kind of settle down with that and and kind of focus. So right now, this year, my focus is the crystals and the sex work, um, yes. which I know that's something that you want to get into and talk about. Girl, yes, I'm so interested <laughs> because, you know, a lot of things come up for me around this 
this what this is this death experience, right? Like it's a required mm-hmm. thing. All living creatures, all humans have to go through it. What the fuck is it? What is it even for? And obviously, you know, when I'm I'm thinking about death, especially when it's kind of giving me a little bit of anxiety, I immediately begin thinking about how to live the most fulfilled mm. life, the best life I can possibly live in to support other people in doing it. And so uh, I feel like a, a big part of living a full, beautiful, satisfying, creative life is pleasure, is experiencing pleasure, creating pleasure um, for yourself, for your lover, for your family, whether it's through a nice, beautiful, clean like beautifully decorated home that smells good and feels good when you're there, great sex, great conversation, delicious food, traveling, seeing beautiful things. You know what I'm saying? So spirituality yes. is, a, a, is a huge, great music too, <clears throat> is a huge um, part of, you know, what I'm, I think about, especially as I'm, I'm not getting, you know, I'm 31, you know, I think I'm <laughs> But, you know, I'm a kid. So tell me, first of all, how you even got into um, sex work. What um, is it that you do in particular? Um, And maybe how you help other people access more of life's pleasure. I would love to Mm -hmm. know that. Yes, I definitely would love to talk about that. So um, I've always been very intense in my sexual experiences um even like from the moment that I lost my virginity um so there's always kind of been that component um of that energy even without me being consciously aware of it but then as I really started working on my spiritual journey healing myself I started with sex um because you know at the time a lot of my relationships were toxic and I was attracting a lot of, um, you know, either narcissists, um, empaths, we do tend to attract narcissists, um, or, you know, these sexual relationships that just weren't healthy. And so when I really dived into doing my spiritual, like my deep spiritual work, I started with working with my divine feminine, like his healing that. And then I started exploring Tantra. And this was just for me to fix myself, you know, like anything I've, and that's the funny thing about this, that all my work, I never thought that I would be doing this with other people. It was always for me to right. my own, my own shit. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, okay, Right, this I'm, is just minding her business. Right, minding my business, right. I'm like, okay, I'm messed up. I need to work on some things. Let me, you know, let me, let me work on this. So, that's so true. Yeah. You know, yoga and the meditation. Like, I remember you lost Vegas and moved to Atlanta and lost, like, 50, 75, however much weight. Girl, yes. It was just like, bam. Yes. Look at this <laughs> Yes. Come to my yoga class. You know? Yes. And even with that, because, girl, the yoga, and it's even funny with that, I started that because I went through a bad breakup, and I couldn't sit in meditation like I was too emotionally like distraught to even sit and I was like okay let me start doing yoga because I need to do something but I can't meditation wasn't it for a while so even that you know what I'm saying like so everything I've ever done has always been 
for me to fix myself, you know, and like, I don't, I, I, and I always tell people, especially healers or people wanting to be healers, people wanting to be light workers, which is you have to learn how to take your own medicine first. You know, you, like a lot of times we come into these gifts and we want to just immediately put them out to others. Girl. I feel like that's a distraction. A lot of times people will want to heal others because it distracts them away from really truly working on themselves. Like, no, learn how to pick your own medicine first. So that's what I've always done. So I started with the Tantra. And, like, when you really study, like, the the pure uh, forms of Tantra, you start with working on yourself. You don't even get into working with partners until later down the road. And so that's what I did. I just focused on myself, did my goddess work you know, because, you know, healed the, the, because my divine masculine within me was was messed up. So in order for me to fix that, I had to address my divine feminine that was out of balance. So I did Mm -hmm. that and started working on the Tantra. And what really kind of got me on it too was, you know, I would be with these really intense lovers and I would orgasm and go into trance and I would get vision. So already I was knowing that, okay, I need to really shift this sexual energy because now it's starting to be a spiritual experience. And, and because that is evolving, my my control and my mentality around sex has to evolve because now I can't mm. just have regular sex and I can't just be messing with fuck boys because if I go into trance and I start spitting prophecy, I need to be with someone who can handle. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, so so that's what started, you know, long story short, that's what started it. Um, Now, that's just on the Tantra and the the divine feminine work, which is the basis of the sacred sexuality. Now, the kink and BDSM stuff, that was a lifestyle thing that I had when I was married. So I was married. That's what brought me to Vegas. Um, I got engaged, got you married. You were married? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had no business being married. Girl, been there, done that. <laughs> no business being married. Like, I'm 24, fresh out of college, don't know who the fuck I am, trying to call myself being Mrs. Springer. You know what I'm saying? And I knew then, you know, um, tracked the narcissist, you know, a lot of, you know, mental things going on, depression, stuff like that, ignored the warning signs, did what I thought I was supposed to do because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to college, you know, graduate, get a job, get married, get a house, have kids, you know, so I was following that whole thing. Um, but at, but the one good thing I will say is that my ex-husband, um, was very supportive of me being who I am. So he knew that he noticed that I wasn't just like a regular person when it comes to sex. So he actually started introducing me to different lifestyles, like alternative sexual lifestyles. Like, girl, we used to go to Green Door, which if anybody's in Vegas, <laughs> it's girl, yeah, everybody knows yes. Green Door. Everybody knows Green Door. <laughs> I'm like, right. Mm, yes. <laughs> That's yes. A, I mean, you know. <laughs> Sounds yes, interesting. Let's take a trip. Yes. <laughs> girl, we used to have adventures at the Green Door, at the Swingers Club. There was a, a short time, there was a place out there called Power Exchange, which was more of a sex dungeon. Um, That's where more of the BDSM stuff took place. So we were doing that as a lifestyle thing. But when I got divorced, 
I was so messed up that I knew that I couldn't mentally, emotionally handle the BDSM lifestyle while I'm going through that transition. So I stepped out of it for a long time. So then by the time I got to Atlanta, people who know me in Atlanta didn't know that I was into it in Vegas, you know? So, but the funny thing is that I ended up linking up with a sister by the name of Ty Shaw, and she, not only is she a priestess, um, you know, in several different African spiritual traditions, but she's a professional dominatrix, so she tra- she's trained me. Um, mm. And so that's who reintroduced me to it, but instead of it being a lifestyle thing, she reintroduced it to me as a professional thing from the dom- dame side. So that's what started that whole thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. And how do you, because my understanding of, of people who who um, start relationships with doms is that this is pleasure for them. They need it for whatever. And I'm so curious about how you help people access more pleasure, how you help them create a safe space for them to have what they want and what they need. Mm, that's, a, about? that's a great question. That's a great topic. So, yeah, so it's interesting. So I, you know, I'm holistic, right? So everything I do, I approach it from a holistic standpoint, even my, my kink, my sex, you know, and, um, you know, it's in, it's funny because you know, with the BDSM, you know, having to balance that because I, you know, with me also being, you know, initiated in spirits, you know, in the ATRs and spiritual, I, you know, there's we get readings and then when we get readings, there's certain things like taboos, you know, things that we're not supposed to mm. do during a certain period of time, things you're supposed to refrain from. Well, the last few readings that I've had, um, I've had to refrain. I, I I was told that I had to be um, monogamous, which I hate because I'm not wired that way. <laughs> wow. I'm not, I'm not straight, and I'm not wired to be with just one person sexually. I get bored. I get restless. I start to self-sabotage. I start to act out. So I was having a really hard time with that. Um, my padrino was like, don't cheat. Don't be unfaithful. And I'm like, fuck. You know, and even <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> you know, because I'm a thought. You know what I'm saying? I know this about myself. You know, I'm very, I'm highly sexual. You know, so and mm-hmm. my partner, um, you know, still he knows this. You know, so we've had conversations. So long story. He's not short, monogamous either, is he? No, but he's still wired to just kind of like because we're open. We've been in an open relationship. You know, um, we just never really practiced it because we never had the opportunity because, um, girl, when I was doing sister wife applications, nobody was serious. I'm like, okay, y'all. Girl, I remember that. <laughs> I remember you being like, y'all, y'all come back here. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, y'all, you know, people wasn't coming with, you know, so that's all of it. Thing. But I'm very honest, you know, with him about, you know, we're honest with each other. So I was like, okay, I can't have relationships, like sexual relationships outside of this. A way for me to channel, though, that energy was for me to fully dive more into the the dom, the dominatrix work. Um, And then to just be honest, of course. So um, 
but because I'm understanding that if there's a spiritual component to the the you know the the base you know primal aspects of the sex, like it was just a lot of integrating, and so I understood that if I do this work, it has to be holy. So there's certain things like with me as a dominatrix, like I don't know if anybody notices, but I don't wear the typical red, I don't wear the typical black. When I dom, I'm either doming in white, pink, or purple. You know, and I pick colors specifically to maintain the holiness of the work that I do. Um, mm. You know, I my joke is I give the illusion of purity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a sensual dom. So, you know, a lot of times when you see people doing the work, you only see them, like, you know, beating someone or tying them up in just, like, the brutal nature of it. And it, it can get there if your sub likes it. But um, I don't like inflicting pain. Just I'm not a sadist. Mm. I I will inflict pain even if I only if I know that my sub likes it. You know, mm-hmm. so there's certain things with that. So my point as a dom, my intention is to connect my sub with their body, because a lot mm. of times people who are in this lifestyle, it's extreme because they don't feel anything. You know, mm. so they're looking for that rush, that feel. So my whole goal is to get them to feel and to bring. And then because of my energy, I know that I bring things to the surface that people hide. So I've learned that it, in regular settings, that that has um, been difficult for me to maintain friendships with people and relationships, and it's made people uncomfortable but I've learned it's completely acceptable in the BDSM community because the whole point is for your shadow to play. So oh, if I'm like doming someone and I'm making them feel, because, you know, you're supposed to feel shame and guilt, but also play. Like, you're supposed to go through this plethora of feelings during a, a session, the dominatrix session. And it's okay. It's the space for it. So if I'm pulling out all the things that you're ashamed of or that you hide or that you're uncomfortable with, it's okay because you're paying me to do that. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So, um, but my ultimate goal is liberation. That's why my domain name is Madam Liberty. Like I, I only pick on slaves that want to be liberated, which is that whole ironic thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and to free people. So that is my work as a sensual dom. Other doms have their own things, um, you know. But I, the beautiful thing about that work is that it's so much, a constant opportunity for self-discovery. So as I'm in it, I'm learning, I'm growing and evolving too. Yeah. That sounds so beautiful. And I did notice that you were wearing purple instead of, like, black and leather. I've I've seen you in, like, um, in really, really sexy purple. I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, I did see you in white. I've seen you in white. I think you were sitting on somebody's face, but you looked so radiant and so calm. (laughs) I was like, see, she's not trying to kill him. She's going to bless him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So... I I would really love to touch on healing the divine masculine within yourself because I'm super, like, I'm turned on all the time, right? It's always the quiet, giggly, pink ones that you have to look out for, okay? I'm always <laughs> horny. And, I, like, I'm, I'm horny to the point where I'm like, I'll, you know, 
I'm walking and I'll see someone and I'm like, I wonder what they're into. You know, I wonder the last mm-hmm. time they fucked and who they fucked and how they fucked. And if they are loyal to their partners or if they've ever had multiples in the bedroom. And, you know, like my mind is right. constantly <laughs> doing whatever it's doing. But I'm very interested in healing the divine masculine within and how you create a safe, um, sacred space for as you said, the shadow to play, um, particularly through sexuality, because I'm noticing lately, I get very fucking annoyed when my man is trying to like, um, I, I call it sun me, but that's not the right word, like try to like lead me or control me it, it feels like mm-hmm. you can't do don't do it you know what I mean? like, right <laughs> i get very fucking annoyed and even when i i see other people do it or i think of other people doing it i'm like how can you trust this man to give you or like take you to the point like i need you to take me on on like to the brink of fear i need to be like are you trying to hurt me like I need you to take me there but at the same time it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as safe as I would like it to feel like and I know I understand that's probably a partner's thing it's probably him you know he's like a he's super like (laughs) my Santero friends are like he's he's super ogu right like he's big (laughs) brawny doesn't know how to be gentle at all, <laughs> man, you know, he's Caribbean, like, he don't know nothing about being gentle or, you know, about easing off or how we engage those things. So I know that part of it is partner, but I think a lot of it is me. Like, I've never been so annoyed with men or masculine energy. And it's really ironic because I feel like I have a lot of masculine energy. So now I'm wondering if something might be off with my own masculine energy. So I would like to talk more about, like, how you healed your masculine energy and how maybe you could even know that something needed to be fixed there. Mm, That's a great question. I'm going to start off by saying that, um, like, women like us, we're not passive. So... It, 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 like it's already like so I just I don't want you to I don't want you to feel bad like you know like not like the way we're designed like we're already designed like extreme anyway like, right, right. <laughs> so, okay. we we're not um, submissive you know what I mean like we're not like we can be but that's not our go to so that's something we have to like women like us we have to cultivate that. I think for me, um, on my journey with the divine, you know, it's so interesting. So what started it was when I was in Atlanta, I got to Atlanta, and I was the person I was dating um, before my relationship now. Um, that was the first person who I attempted to do, like, a for real adult open relating relationship. Well, he introduced me to Juju Mama, um, which is, like, mm. this poly group that's run by Kim and Carl Stevens, um, and so they have this whole like uh group like the they call it uh there's like the blue butterflies so just the women 
And then there's like uh like the base camp I think is like the group where everybody is in. And that's when I actually really started learning about divine masculine versus divine feminine and just like the man leads and then I'm like, Man leads what bullshit. You know, like there was like, right. there was a lot of things, but I was just like, Okay, no because I grew up in a household with just my mother and she's you know, masculine as I mean in her energy because she has to be because she was a single mother, you know, and my grandmother too, you know, and, but, you know, so all the women that I grew up around were not submissive and they weren't about to let no man lead. But then all the women were alone. My mother couldn't, can't keep a husband. She's never been able to keep a husband. Um, my grandmother has been alone talking about she married to Jesus for how many years, you know what I'm saying? So oh my God. I'm looking at you. Oh. <laughs>
through the Tantra and through the goddess work. Setting up, a, I set up an altar um, when I was redoing my goddess work. I set up an altar for goddesses specifically. And I started to really just connect and and really uh, get in tune with those goddesses I had on my altar and really um, embody their way of being in order for me to really, like, learn you know, because I realized that with the type of mother I grew up with, she didn't really teach me how to be feminine, like not truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I almost had to reteach myself how to be feminine through, you know, embodying these goddesses that I was invoking, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still like a, you know, it's still a, a, a work in progress, but also because I'm a Leo and Leo, we are, it's a masculine sign. So that already is right. now. Um, and I had to look, think about everything, you know, how I dressed, how I presented myself, how my tone when I talked to people, certain things and words that I would say, like all all aspects of being feminine, which a lot of times, you know, in this day and age, a lot of us women, like we kind of, especially in this era of like gender nonconformity, and I get it because I'm, of course, I'm LGBT friendly. However, even within that arena, you still have to understand the essence of divine masculine, divine feminine, and those energies. It's important to embody those energies, even regardless of how you identify gender. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So, yeah, um, it's an energy. This is universal law. So real quick, because I don't want to have another one of these motherfucking conversations, okay? Because, um, <laughs> you know, something came, yeah. something happened recently. I, one of my um, transgender um, friends handled me. Um, but she, I think she did a, um, I think she did a beautiful job. Because, you know, that can be a difficult, wrangling me can be a kind of a difficult thing. So I was like, mm. I'm not even going to go into what the conversation was. It was public, so if you saw it, you saw it. If you didn't know well. Um, but these the law of gender is a universal law. And I've been recommending the Kabbalion by the three initiates for two years straight. So mm-hmm. if you still don't know what the law of gender is, you need to go and get this book. You need to be aware of universal law because these affect everyone okay so <laughs> i want you know what i mean i want everyone mm-hmm. to know law of gender knowing that um everyone is male and female now these are energies mm-hmm. that you can call upon that you can use in your magic to create shit mm-hmm. so i do want to just you know be clear Yes, thank you. Yes, and that goes into knowing who's in your spiritual frame, too, you know, um, because that's another part of me working with this divine feminine and this divine masculine is also integrating the two balances because there's some moments where I'm feeling extremely manly and I want to light a cigar and carry a machete and, you know, uh, make it rain on strippers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, you know, and whatever. And then there's other times I'm feeling extremely feminine and I want to, you know, put on waist beads and a, you know, a belly dance, you know, skirt and belly dance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it can go either way. And either way is it's a certain magic. Even when I'm doing my conjuring, there's certain conjurings that I do that I feel like I'm a man doing this work. Yeah. energetically whereas in certain ones I feel like I'm a female but yes like you have to you have to like people need to really understand 
like you said, the laws um, and kind of pull themselves out of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because at the end of the day, like I've said before, spirit don't care. You know, right. spirit, spirit don't care. At all. Right. But the energy, though, the energy, energy is energy still. And you mm. have to know how to work with them. And you have to, you know, like, even when I would teach on Tantra and I would teach my classes and I would say, hey, you know, like we would do the um, the sex ed classes or the Tantra classes and we were doing them for couples and we made it clear, like, you don't have to be opposite gender couple. Like, you can be same gender couples coming to the class. Yes, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about divine masculine, divine feminine, but we're speaking from a spiritual universal level, not here's a man and here's a woman. This is what the man and this is what the woman does. Because there's moments in me and Silk's relationship mm-hmm. I'm divine masculine and he's divine feminine. And that is yeah, same. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense to me. There are going to be times. And I think I really started seeing, um, I started seeing how my man, even though physically he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to like, you're hurting me, brother. You're hurting me. You know, he doesn't know how to calm the fuck down. Um, energetically, he's he's a very humble person. He can kind of fall in step. But I think it's because he trusts me and because he loves me. Because he has told me more than once, like, if you were anybody else, <laughs> the way you address that, the way you talk to me just now, <laughs> <laughs> the things you expect from me mm. would not even no, it would not go. Um, so the more you're talking to me too, I feel like it's not just the divine masculine within me that I may need to address. I think it's also the divine feminine, at the very least, my my concept of divine feminine and of women. Mm, that goes into the sisterhood conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, before we segue into that, I will say this too, a biggest component of me working on my healing, both my divine feminine and, and divine masculine um, mm. traumas was working on my daddy issues. Mm. And a lot of us have daddy issues that we don't really, you know, deal with. Um, especially for those of us who are raised by just our mostly our mothers because just dealing with our mother issues <laughs> usually takes precedence. <sighs> um, <laughs> but I, that, was, and that, was, that actually was my most difficult work, was dealing, working through my daddy issues and learning how to forgive and release certain things that, um, you know, I picked up from his absence. Um, but I realized that that, that uh, trauma affected not only my issues with my divine feminine, but also my divine masculine as well. Um, yeah, but the sisterhood, though. <laughs> mm. I love it. You know how much I, I, I love sisterhood, okay, to the last beat of my heart. And it will always be that way. Um, I think that living in Las Vegas, my, my relationships were almost entirely with 
other women, mm-hmm. other sisters. And I saw some incredibly beautiful things. I experienced some in- incredibly beautiful things. And I also experienced some things that made me, <laughs> that I feel pushed me more into my divine, not even, I don't even know, fucking know if it was divine, but more into my masculine energy. Like, like no offense to any of the sisters who actually listen to my podcast, of which I think there are zero, but, you know, just in case you didn't listen. Um, I swear to God, I, I really did feel at a lot of points, these bitches are dumb. And they, because they are so dumb, they need to be protected. Oh my they goodness. need to be protected, and I need mm. to protect them. You know what I'm saying? I have to fix things. I have to solve problems. I have to. I'm gonna have to um, counsel this this woman because she is really dumb. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So I found myself mansplaining a lot of things and like mm. trying to help people make better decisions and protecting them from doing dumb things and. You know, give me the keys. Like, let me help you. And that shit is so, first of all, it doesn't make people like you very much. And mm-hmm. second of all, it doesn't feel good to me. Like, it, it feels like it's getting in the way of me enjoying um, my own pleasures and having a good time myself when I'm over here, like, frightened that you're going to walk or Twirl off the side of a fucking cliff because you are not paying attention. <laughs> no, I don't. Girl, we were part of the same sisterhood, so I. Girl! I will be minding my business. But the funny thing about that would be like how I would be absent so much, and then it still would be these. I would come back to like these like disasters. And I just. <laughs> And nobody is, like, running out of the burning house. I'm like, the house is on fire. Let's all get up, okay? And let's let's move out of the front door now. Oh, my goodness. And they would be looking at me like, Ayo, everything is not that urgent. You need to just chill and smoke some weed and, take, you know, just the weed. I'm like, we are going to be homeless in a couple of weeks. Let's maybe solve that. You know what I mean? Let's stop quitting our jobs. Let's stop. You know what I mean? Let's stop going going to California to rally and let's go to work. Let's do that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And you know what? That's, and I know a lot. A lot of this is inside jokes for us because we, you know, we're part of the same group and had a lot of the same experiences, but that's just like what that is when you're, you know, because we were, we were going through that period of living in this communal house and basically a house full of hippies. And so it would be like dumb hippie shit going on. And, you know, <laughs> but the interesting about that house. Girl, and I never identified as a hippie. I, <laughs> the most I would say is I'm a bougie hippie. I'm the one pulling up in a, a Mercedes. I don't know what the <laughs> Right. And I will say that, too, because it was just like, but the house that we were in, it was all women. It was a house full of women, like a house full of witches, you know. And But I also do feel like that was another part of the imbalance because there were no real masculine presence to balance out all the dumb shit that was going on. 
Yeah, it was a lot of dumb shit. But, you know, to, also, there was a lot of beautiful shit that happened. A lot of things yeah. that were created, things that get, did get done. And we had the full potential to get things done because when we put our minds to it, a whole right. community event might spring up out the the fresh green earth out of nowhere. Like, nowhere. Not, you know? Right. But... The consistency, though, the planning, though, but not running around like chickens with our heads cut off, though, that probably would have been avoided had we had the presence of some healthy divine masculine. Right. Um, probably would have had me in a place where I was less traumatized. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I will say, like, and that's another thing, too, like integrating these energies because, you know, I think, like, my thought process is masculine. So yeah, if yeah. you come to me, you know, as a sister or anybody with a problem, I'm going to listen, of course. I'm going to emphasize, of course, but I'm going to be like, okay, what do you want to do? How would you like to resolve this? What steps can we yeah. take? Like, you know, like, okay, yeah, we can cry a little bit, but, okay, we got to be pra- – like, I'm, my whole thought process is this needs to be practical. The funny thing is I push my magic like that, too, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's like even with the magic, and that's another thing, too, a lot of people feel like, I've learned that, as, you know, those of us who evolved in this path, like, sometimes we get a certain level of power, and, and then we de- we devolve. I've seen, I've watched mm. with decline. Like, I've watched them de- devolve because mm. then they start to rely on their magic. It starts to become in a way that's impractical. Like, for example, it's like, okay, yeah, I can do this money spell, or I can get a job. <laughs> you know, okay. or, you know. Where like, do you go? Or I could do both, you know. It's like, okay, yeah, I could put my, my boss in a honey jar or I could just improve my work ethic. You know what I mean? It'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it'd be yeah. stuff like that where it's just yeah. like, no, you have to, it's practical. You know, even down to when you, those of us who are working with our spirits, like our spirits and our spiritual frames. Yes, we can petition them, but they want us to, do, to get our asses up too and do the work. You know what right, I'm and did like, we do what they asked us to do last time? Did we do that right. yet? Right, right. You know, so. And, you know, I've mentioned to these people recently that sometimes your magic, yeah, it's effective, but sometimes the shit is too effective. You find yourself manifesting Mm. things that you are not prepared to sustain. So it feels like you quantum leaping. You haven't haven't developed the muscle that you would have developed had you done the practical work in taking the step by step. You know, instead of going from to, from zero to to sixty, right? If you had slowly, you know, you would have been slowly, right? Yeah. And, and I That's actually, have, it brings me to mind something I was gonna joke about. Like, oh, I was gonna text you. It reminds me about <laughs> when you were posting about the person that was asking you to lower the price of your prosperity burn. I was yeah. like, this totally yeah. missed the point. Totally <laughs> of all the work. That you want to uh, discount on, you're gonna want to discount the prosperity work you're going. You're already going into it with the wrong mindset. Like you, and my stuff is already pretty affordable. (laughs) Yes, for all that I do and all that I give, right? You're looking. You're looking at at least. I'm thinking four seventy five and 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 up for the type of stuff that I do. Right, but you know, I just. I ignored it because obviously you're not ready. I've had people pay me and then and then come at me with this frantic energy. You know, I really I trust in you. I'm just giving you my last. When are we gonna start? And I send them their money back. 
Right. I'm, you know what I mean? First of all, you need right. to understand that you, you don't come to your, you don't have no last money. There's no such thing as this is my last. That's not right. a thing. There will be more coming. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if you work right. with me. And second of all, I don't need you to trust in me. Okay? I don't need that. I need you to work with me. I need you to calm the fuck down. That's what I need right. from you. <laughs> I don't need you little drunk. <laughs> right. Okay, I do need you to understand the work is being done, but that the work you have work to do too. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not Jesus. I'm not a savior. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't need you to devote yourself to me. I just need you to calm down. I need you to learn a couple of things. That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. Absolutely. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's really, really basic magic. It's very effective. Um, and when you do bring that practical masculine side into it, like we're doing our altar work and we're doing our physical work and, mm-hmm. and bringing the, the divine feminine back into that and learning to derive pleasure from work. Right. So there's a lot of potential for pleasure in work. And people, they they are often very connect, disconnected from that. Right. You know? Yeah. A lot of pleasure possible. So are you doing any, I'm wondering, are you doing anything special for your clients for this upcoming Valentine's Day? You know, people will be thinking Valentine's is like a nice romantic dinner, a little chocolate, maybe some roses. I'm like, are we doing some new fucking tonight? You know what I mean? Are we going to go back to toys? Are we going to fuck on the beach? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to? How are we going to, to um, really celebrate this holiday? Um, because, you know, my man, he's, um, I don't know if you know anything about Caribbean men. <laughs> but in some ways, they limit themselves. So I, I try to help him expand. His uh, yeah, yeah. They're not very adventurous. <laughs> yeah. It's so annoying. They're not very it's adventurous. It's so annoying. Mm, you have to start close. It's like, let's go out. just trust me you know anyway so are you doing anything for for your um clients you know it's funny i um i've been feeling super creative lately and so um i am wanting to kind of put out more products that are more like uh that are utilizing more of the sexual energy because that that the you know sex magic is so it's like the most potent shit ever you know like at my experience is you know we, the two most potent magics I've ever done or workings I've done have either been through sex magic or ancestor reverence you know those have been the quickest manifestations so I've been wanting to put out more more stuff with the use of like the sexual energy and hiding it heightening that up so I'm going to be putting out a couple of oils um that are going to specifically to just increase sexual energy um, I am wanting to put like together some kits with some crystals with some other things, but the crystals are specifically um geared uh towards increasing sexual energy because there are a ton of crystals out oh, there. Wow. Mm-hmm. I never even thought of that. Mhm. I never even thought. Carnelian increases sexual energy. Garnet. There's like a whole list. So I wanted to put together some really cute kit, uh, crystal kits that are specifically to enhance the sexual energy. Um, yeah. Also, not just 
just with the crystals themselves, but charging them for that intention. Um, and then just putting them out there because I, for you know, I do feel like the use of sexual energy is really important right now. For one, it's very healing. It can literally heal your body, you know, using sexual right. energy, you can, like physically, like physical elements in the body. Um, there's a lot of awakening that can happen out of sexual energy, and that's when you get into the whole kundalini thing. Uh, I'm just really wanting to help people connect to that part of themselves because I'm noticing that a lot of people are evolving spiritually, but they're not evolving sexually. And I'm like, you can't. How how are you leaving that out of the picture? Mm-hmm. So, um, and just really, like, basically decolonizing this whole um, limitation and that the, the separation of sex from spirituality. So mm. crystal kits and oils, and I may do some aphrodisiac type smudge blends. I'll kind of see. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about the. I like that. <laughs> I like your sweet life. Um, um, I don't know if oh. you know that one, but I have a little sweet life incense. The loose um herbs that you sent me. Yes, I forgot I that, that you did. You got that. Yeah, that that actually was born out of a girl that uh, a sister that came to me wanting to do some love work, and I, girl, I don't do love spells for people. I don't. I <laughs> you know, like I'll curse somebody for somebody before I'll put a help them put a love spell on somebody. Like that's just me. <laughs> But um, I don't, I don't, I feel like that's a waste of magic. But um, but she was wanting just to increase just the universal love and her self love. So I was for mm. that. Yeah, so I, I like made that. her that blend. But she said, um, but when I made it for her, um, you know, I always test my stuff out. And girl, I burned that stuff and still wouldn't leave me alone all day. Like, girl, I see he be, be over there. Sniffing your legs and sitting with you and all sitting all up on the mother. Y'all don't know stuff, or if you don't know stuff, the man is like seven foot something, like or six seven. He's six huge. Nine. He's as big as a damn tree. Six nine. This is a big ass, fine ass, deep voice having ass singing and playing instruments and talking about the stars and astrology and know all the spiritual shit. Man, he's as big as damn hell, okay? And she's tiny. She's petite. I am. She's super curvy, but she's so tiny. And he was, I've, I've, you know, I have pictures in in, in my files of him sitting, like, at her knees. <laughs> it was no fault because I had got some of Iowa's Ultra Femme, and I had put it in the studio. You mixed it with her. Uh-huh. What did you mix it with one of your baths or something? Uh, yeah, so I had made a um, I had actually just made like a basic white bath, and then I poured some of the ultrasound mm. in it, and then I did a I you know Ooh. set it soaked in the bathtub, and then afterwards I poured it on myself. Girl, he followed me all night. He kept sniffing me. That was just a fit. He was sniffing me. He kept oh, you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that side of stuff. I've only ever, what's this? That's all I know of stuff. Astrology, (laughs) what's this? Here's how to not get fucked up by whatever's about to happen astrologically. Right. Just playing music. (laughs) I don't know him. I do not know 
anything about that side. That shit <laughs> had me on the flow, okay? So I was like, wait till I send this to Io. This man is sniffing me. He literally could not stop sniffing me all night. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> Girl, that purity, that divine scent, oh, so delicious. Yes, yes. So delicious. So I like that you're putting together these these crystals in particular. I'm really excited about that. And what you said earlier about um, letting your shadow play, I really like that because you, you hear a lot of, I don't know how much work people are actually doing in real life, but you do hear people saying things like, I'm doing my shadow work. I've never, in in 14 years that I've been on my, my little path, I've never heard anybody reference um, their sexuality and how they use it to, to process anything and or to heal anything or to let their shadows play. And I know for a fact that my daddy issues can be helped with that. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my daddy issues turned in to my, um, my sexual desires. Some of the problems I had with my dad, because, you know, he's gone and he's never coming back. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. I would not accept him back. Um, but some of that turned into me needing, like, this older man, only attracted to older men, only, you know, men that look a certain way, needing that kind of I'm going to take care of you um, element to the relationship. And that's the only way I was interested. So letting, like, really um, turning our minds to sexuality as um, healing work, as a part of our um our way to connect with the divine and to honor the sacred in life, to experience pleasure, but to balance our energies, for sure. Mm -hmm. You hear people talking about sex magic, but if you fucked up (laughs) energetically and psychologically, girl, yeah. You can't do something magic like that. And it's interesting. I'll share, too, because being a part of, it's almost like I'm a, I mean, well, not almost, like I'm a, I'm a part of two subcultures, right? So you've got the spiritual community that I'm a part of, and you have the BDSM kink community that I'm a part of. And mm-hmm. as much bad rap as the BDSM community gets, I find that the people in that community are a lot more mentally um, together than those in the spiritual community. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I say all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think the spirituality attracts, um, that's why I always emphasize um, that mental health and, and spirituality are two different things. Mm-hmm. And you, they help each other, but you, you approach them differently. Right. So that's, you know, this spirituality does attract um, people who are a little bit off. Right. Who haven't and taken the, care of that stuff. And they don't take care of that. And I, I joke, I mean, I don't joke, but I've said it, that there's a fine line between being spiritual and being psychotic, and I've seen it a lot, you know. Um, I've yeah. been too. Like, I've had I've, I've had moments where I'm, like, questioning and, like, this, this is, I'm not all together mentally, you know. That it could go. It could go Same. either way, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No you know, like, and I'll, I'll go and, and work with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Right. Go get that therapy, yeah. you know, do the practical Period. things to get your mind right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, but what I find in the BDSM community is that, you know, it's honest. You know, you come, that's why your shadow can play because the, 
the, the technical, the psychological definition of our shadow is the things that we hide out of shame, right? So, but in the BDSM community, there is no shame. Like, you feel it, you know, because that's the natural emotions you go through in when you're sessioning and you're doing things that, you know, is not socially accepted. But nobody else is making you feel shame because there's, um, there's you know, BDSM community, people there's a thing people say they don't keep shame you know so there's there's somebody for everybody so for example i'm not into scat which is you know or golden showers which for people who are familiar with those terms is people who like to be defecated on or peed on that's not my thing but there's other doms that's their thing and then there's people who seek them out for that i'm not going to shame somebody for it you know, but that's just not my thing. Yeah. So those are the general rules in the BDSM community. The biggest part is consent, you know, being, um, things being consensual. Um, conversations are always had. So there's a, you have to be honest in those conversations. Like you, you don't proceed in, in any type of BDSM play without there being conversations. Some people do it, but that's generally not accepted. You know, you have conversations, you set your limits, you set your boundaries, you have clear communications, like you, you establish safe words, you know, you, you know, um, and even with the dom sub um, interaction, it's really the sub that has all the power because at any point they can stop the play. And then the dom Mm -hmm. has to honor that because if they don't, then at that point it's assault or it's rape, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's certain rules in the BDSM community, there's certain um, transparency because that's the only way that you get to play is when you're transparent. And people that's in the media okay. community can read you. So you ain't finna go up in there and pretend because you you people, they're very, very, you know, discerning in that community. And they don't let you bypass anything in that community. Whereas in the spiritual community, there is a lot of bypassing. And there's a lot of enabling, and there's a lot of, you know, lack of transparency, and a lot of hiding. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hiding, a lot of hiding yeah. Not so that's up the reason thing. why your shadow can play, and, and, you know, within that framework, because it's giving us, it's in that sense, it's giving us safe space to do so. Beautiful. I would love, just, if, if we could change anything today in the spiritual community i would love if we could be a little bit more allowing and a little more transparent i think that these a lot of the people who are you know rediscovering their magic are frightened that they are doing things wrong because they're constantly given that impression and i think that if people who were effective in their work were transparent like well this is what's worked for me this is how i was trained or even giving them small pointers and encouragement to continue exploring Mm. continue experimenting to you know not to be afraid of the magics that attract them to learn what they can i think that things would be better I think things would be way better, especially for the newer witches. There's just a lot of unnecessary criticism. A yeah. lot, well, maybe the criticism is necessary sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is. But there's a lot of um, a lot of judgment too. Things that just were not present when I was happily practicing my magic when I was 17. Not 
not really knowing that other people were doing the same thing. Right. You know, out in nature doing my own thing and really allowing um, the mm, – at the time I called them spirit guides, so allowing my, my guides, my spirit squad, whatever, to, to guide me. It's very, very luscious, delicious, beautiful, delightful time for me. Super enchanted. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure, like, maybe – maybe this social media thing is kind of scrambling that a little bit, but I'm afraid that people are missing a lot of the deliciousness um, that they could be enjoying through spirituality because they think reposting a, a meme on mm. social media is being a witch. Not to be judgmental at all, but like, go out into nature. <laughs> <laughs> And see if right. you can hear spirit. Like, right. simple things like that. You know? Right. You know, put the phone down, sis. Right. <laughs> right. You know, stop, you know stop swiping. Stop polling. Right. Stop asking random people on the internet if you're doing it right and ask spirit if you're doing right. it right. I've been wanting to say that for a while. Let's let's try that. Yes. Try that. <laughs> it's funny. That actually goes into one of them. I remember that we had it. We had a, a original set of topics we were going to talk about, um, and mm-hmm. I think that that was one of them—the social media thing. And um, because you know, me and you both have been on our path for so long, this social media thing is new. Like, I don't know how yeah, I have six thousand followers. Like, I'm like, where did these people come from? Who and are you? Who are these people? No, and. Because in my, you know, social, my social media just now started to kind of be geared towards what I, you know, my business. But it was personal for the first few years of me having Instagram, you know. Okay. And, but yes, you're right. Like, I feel you. Like, I agree. Like, on one hand, yes, we do need guidance, especially those of us who are, you know, baby witches and new and still learning. You, you got to have an elder, you know, at some right. point. Right, which is all of us. All of us, right. Like, all I don't trust anyone. We all have to. I don't trust anyone who is on the spiritual journey that doesn't say that they have some elder that they go to. Right. At least have one. You know what I mean? At least, at least, at the very least, that's bare minimum. You really, if you're older and you've been on your path for, like, decades, where is your spiritual family? Right. Where are the that's people who vouch for you? Right. The people who fuck with you, the people who know you, where are your people? Where are you? You should have been out of tribe by now. <laughs> right. You know. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. So that is the thing. And so it's like, yes, you need that eldership. But then at the same time, we need this as we need the space to be able to garnish our ashe in a way that is true to us because the reality is that outside of serving actual deities and spirits there is no one way to do anything and even with that there's still no one way because the spirits will come and tell you how they want to be served so for example if i have dantor and you have dantor my doctor might tell me that she wants, you know, her altar to just be red, whereas your doctor might say she wants it to be red and blue. Yeah, and right. both are valid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yes. you know, outside they of might want total things for sure. Right, 
Right. So if I thought of certain protocols and serving spirits in these traditions, it, it, it is no one way, especially when it comes to hoodoo and conjure. Yes, there's certain, you know, practices that are traditions that are, you know, there. But, for example, I have my spirits like the crystals. And in the beginning, you know, a lot of old school, you know, black belt um, hoodoo, hoodoo, you know, practitioners would, they talk a lot of shit about crystals, talking about this new age and, you know, it's less white folks stuff. I'm like, okay, well, where is your history? Because our indigenous people have been using crystals for thousands of years. So I don't know where you're getting this, but okay. And they but found they, old mojo bags with crystals in them. I don't exactly. think everybody uses crystals, but let's please let's not pretend like you niggas wasn't wasn't digging in the ground, picking up you <laughs> may not know what it is. Right. So you but know, so, you so, know. <laughs> right. And so but then but they were um I was made to feel self conscious about the use of my crystals in my work. Really? I never yeah. that. Well, I'm yeah. also very, very into hoodoo. Like, I, I think, you know, one of the elders, one of the first people to, you know, have a conversation with me and, and teach me in a formal setting told me. She, she's the one who told me, you know, they found, like, under the porch on some old plantation uh, um, conjure bag with crystals in it. And you know if it was under the motherfucking porch on the plantation, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> she told me. Like we we use crystals too. Like please don't have these people out here um, having you think Act. that we are we are uneducated. Like we don't we don't we didn't use these things like they're new to us. No, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's why you're <laughs> attracted to it because right. <laughs> you know, right. But also like when you that. get those witches that are speaking from a place of ego and if there's this militant dogma, dogmatic mentality around things should be done this way, yeah. then, you know, they'll, you know, so I kind of like separated and started, but then my, my magic suffered because my, my ashe is in the crystal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I say that to say that that's the issue with the social media thing because, you know, these these Instagram witches, will be, and I'm one, I'm an Instagram witch too. I'm on Instagram as a witch. Period. So, yes. you know, so I, I count myself in in that, you know, that group. But the you know, Instagram witches will get on and they'll post things, but they'll present it as though this is the only way to do it. And those who don't know any better will just want to follow along. But it's like, no, like you have to really tap into your own spirit, your spirit guides, your own ashe, like your own magic right. life. And then and even down to the way it's done, because when you cookie cut these conjurings and then you're wondering why your spell didn't work, but then their spell did, it's like, because right. there's certain spirits in your spiritual frame that are activated by certain things that, you know, that are not, that may not be active, someone else's may not be activated by. So, for example, mm-hmm. me, I ha- I am dominated by water spirits. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I would just crazy to me, you know, with all the fire and my energy, maybe that's the balance, but, you know, I'm not even really that well versed in water magic. You know, that's not, that's not an element that I'm familiar with when it comes to the four elements. I've had to really work on that, you know? Mm. Um, however, I've learned that when I, like my candle magic, I can do it, but my strongest magic comes when I, I put a glass of water in my bowl of and I pray. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, I'm Girl, yeah, spirit communication. <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. <laughs> so, 
you know, no, see, that I makes can, total sense. So without psychic total, and how strong your mediumship is, that makes total sense. Right. Right. So it's like, so I've had to like, you know, yes, learn the traditions, learn the ways to do things, but also you have to be willing to really, like you said, listen to spirit <laughs> because, right. you know, I've had my spirits come to me and tell me them bitches don't know what they're talking about. Don't listen to them bitches. They don't know what they're talking about. Exact words right. from my spirit. they like, don't listen to them. And I'm like, but they're elders. They're like, child. What do we tell? No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Period. 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 And there's no, there's no one with, what do they say, worth their weight in salt who will tell you that there's only one way to do something. I have um, two elders who are both crowned Oshun, different Oshuns, but still crowned Oshun, and they do their work very differently, and they're they're together. So even they'll say, we do our, we go about our things a little bit differently. We're different. We do our magic differently. You have to understand, it's not a one size fit all. And for those people who, you know, have already kind of laid foundation, are moving into spirit work, what do you think that is? If you cannot connect to your spirit and receive, (laughs) or your spirits and receive information and guidance and be obedient, what's the what kind of spirit work are you even doing? Right. What are you These doing? These fucking Americans think it's about, you know, doing exchanges, making an offering and getting a spirit to do your bidding. That's not that's that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. It's a, actually I'm learning that it's about building a relationship. Like I'm yes. literally building a relationship with my spirits the same way I'm building a relationship with my man. Like right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's the same you know, you it's, it's the same type of commitment and energy and attention and dedication that you know, and um lessons. Like it's just like you can't treat it like they're just like you, you really have to treat them like they're like living, breathing people with you because right. the, that's the energy that it comes with. And you can't just you go know. to them when you just want something. That's why I love when you post about um, uh, Santa Muerta because oh and you God, say, girl. "Look, like I was about to talk about her, girl, with her pretty self. <laughs> her, girl, I was just so about to talk about her because you know the most, <laughs> the majority of the peace I felt over the last year." around death and, you know, the fact that this shit is temporary and drama has come from her. You know what I'm saying? Like, just conversations, just me sitting down and talking to her and even just thinking about her sometimes because I don't have the time to slow down all the time. But I feel so much confidence, so much warmth, and so much um, peace. Just from having her altar in my home, just from being able to talk to her when I'm out and I see a fly ass skull or something I want to buy for her, something blingy, you know, I go and I bring it to her. And she's so like to have that level of warmth and and, and welcome is just such a beautiful experience for me. And you know, I was pissed off too. Um, that Abruvita kind of went off on the internet about you know <laughs> having. You, this villain character played by a devotee of La Santa Muerte. But, you know, 
I was in here like, she's out here. You see this woman in front of this big-ass, beautiful rooftop, Santa, uh, Santa Monte altar, and she is praying. She mm. has all the candles and all of the offerings. She got gold watches up there for her. Santa Monte. I'm like, that <laughs> shit was beautiful to watch. Sometimes you just have to look, ignore the dumb shit that people are trying to feed into your brain and convince you of and just look at the image. The image is this beautiful-ass, Snatched ass woman talking to talking to her fucking spirit, yo. Making mm-hmm. offerings, you know. That shit was right. gorgeous. Yeah. That shit was gorgeous just to see it. You that know, your but, altar to her is so beautiful, by the way. It it's one of my warm. favorite ones. It feels warm. It's one of my favorite ones. I want to get her a big ass altar. I was just at one of my friends' house, and they have um a relatively new altar to her, and that shit was so big, yo. Her statue was huge. That altar was big, and it felt so. It just looking at it, there was a lot of beauty, a lot of you felt balanced just yeah. standing in front of the girl. I had to sleep in front of it one night. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna sleep on the floor. Don't worry. <laughs> We should go I to Mexico when they, the, when they do the processions for her. We should go down to Mexico to just witness that. What? Absolutely. <laughs> I've been talking to, um, mm, you know, Victory. Girl, I was about to say um, Firme Bruja because I forgot. <laughs> you know fucking Victory. Victory yeah. and I are supposed to be going down there to the Blue House because, you know, she's in love with Kahlo. And I'm like, yo, let's go down there, day of the dead, see all of the ofrendas, see everything that people are doing, go through the graveyards, you know. That's one of the dreams of my life is to be in Mexico. Yes. And to see oh. everything happening. <laughs> That's one of my dreams. I told him, I was like, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm going to retire and give us a beach house in Mexico, like, for Elay. Yes. Like, that, that's, like, one of my goals. That's so funny. I love how we just talk like we're, like, just us. <laughs> Girls, it is something about Mexico. I'm like, am I Mexican? I hope I have some Mexican ancestry, even if I don't. Listen, y'all just going to have to make it up in y'all mind. <laughs> and y'all are going to accept me, okay? <laughs> I have, I'm in love with Mexico. I don't know what it is. It is a beautiful country. It's totally a beautiful country. Totally a beautiful country. Yeah. It's a beautiful, what is this? It's a beautiful life, a beautiful world. We got these spirits down here. We're just waiting for our asses, okay? Some of them are easier than others, but it definitely is about establishing that relationship. And I think that when you have the presence of, of a spirit like something where they, who is the, you know, some people have different ways of describing her, but I like to think of her as the embodiment of death, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So getting to have a conversation and to build that relationship and get and to, to become comfortable and accepting of it and to be accepted by it and to know, like, everything in life that you are forced to go through, like puberty, and like, like everything you have to do is required. There's nothing you can do to stop it. It turns out, right. okay, that's one of the right. things you Everything that you are required to do turns out 
okay, why should death be any different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's such a simple idea, but that's, that shit got me through, especially after Nipsey ascended. And I think I told you that um, I had felt so drawn to her, but I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I spoke to um, the Mexican witch, and she was she was doing um, something with her reading. And she was like, actually, she does accept you. You should work with, you know, certain ones. And um, she gave me something to do. And I remember um, I just bought a cup of coffee. And we're on the phone doing this reading. And Valeria goes, I smell coffee. Like, just saying oh, it out loud. And I'm like, bitch, what? <laughs> you can back to the phone? And she's like, hey, you're something with that word coffee. You have to give a coffee. And um, she tells me, you know, a couple things I could do. But when Nipsey passed away and um, I started talking to something with it, and then I found out that one of her feast days, August 15th is his birthday, mm. I was like, okay, I need, I, I need to really – create a space for for her in my life because the warmth the level of girl I got you is I've never felt that before mm, and I've I never, remember I felt it from that. my spirit but you know me trying to I, you know I was very interested in Lakshmi and some other money guys and I love um I love Tehuti oh, but when I when I started talking to her that you could feel it you could feel it you can hear it the responses are real. The thoughts that come up in your mind that you never thought about, things that are wiser than anything you've thought before. Really right. So right. It's definitely about building those relationships with higher right. powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's so funny because she, um, I dreamt of her once. And then mm. after that, it wasn't, um, it was sometimes, you know, those, Spirits will come and they'll just kind of peek in like, hey, you know, just let you know I'm watching you, you know, and mm-hmm. or I'm here, you know. But it, <laughs> she just kind of, you know, showed up in a dream and was just like, okay, you don't have to do anything. I'm just letting you know I'm here, you know. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. when I woke up. And, um, but my, I have a lot of spirits in my spiritual frame that are, um, they like, they like, um, they're prone to the Catholic um, energy. So they love the saints, you know, so. Um, I know for me it's um, the Virgin Guadalupe, which is another you know Mexican mm-hmm. you know um, icon. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of a lot of my divine feminine work is actually with her. And um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so um, and it's that same energy, you know, like yes, the the peace and the love. And um, I know that like whenever I do really intense you know, like, left-hand work. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, then I got to go to, you know, the the Virgin in Guadalupe and just kind of like, okay, let me even this out, you know, and let me make it right because I just kind of, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Girl, you know I'm over here. I'm just nodding. I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Like, yeah. let, me, let me, you know, balance this out a little bit. But it is that, you know, and there's certain things that you learn, like they teach you and certain things that they want. Like, you know, mine particular one, she only takes pink candles. You know, mm-hmm. um, she only, if I put any other flowers, like, because I put white flowers on my boveda, but if I 
use any other color, it has to be pink. It can't be, you know, if you're white or pink, nothing else, you know. Um, so you learn that, like how you're saying with the coffee and just other little things, you know, um, you learn that once you develop those relationships. Like, they'll tell you what they want. And you have to accept mm-hmm. that because it'll look, it's not going to look like everybody else. Like, for example, like we were talking and about. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't because it's like you, you, you came with these spirits. Like, they're yours. You know, they're mm-hmm. not nobody else's. They walk with you. And um, I know when we were talking earlier about just, like, guidance from other witches and just looking on Instagram and doing this kick, you know, mm-hmm. color thing, even down to my boleta, like, they wanted one. And, um, you know, one of somebody was supposed to tell me how to do it. I had never set one up before. And we were just kind of stalling, and she just didn't have time. So, girl, I guess my spirit got tired of waiting because they showed me, they, I dreamt of how they, they showed me in a dream how they wanted my boleta set up. They're like wow. this many, this like this many um glasses. These types okay. of flowers. This put set up this way, this particular shape with these particular crystals with this particular type of <laughs> clock. Like they were very specific. That's the type mm-hmm. of communion you can have with your spirits when you when you cultivate that. But you also have to listen too, because I know I don't know about your spirits, but mine. If I'm not, if they don't speak, if nobody's listening. And, and this is me too. Like if I'm not listening, then they just stop. They'll stop. They're like, okay, you're gonna have to just learn the hard way. I've done readings where I'm like, oh yeah, my spirits ain't talking. Like I, I have to stop the reading and give money back because I'm like, I can't read you. My spirits don't want to talk to you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, so then that part of it too. That sucks, girl. You know, ever since I got carjacked at gunpoint in New Orleans, I'm scared to not. Listen, um, I think I still do struggle with um, mm. listening and obeying, um, you know, following through with some obedience is the way to live the good life. Uh, but I, um, I'm i scared to not listen to my spirits. What, is, what are we doing? I'm scared. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I could die. <laughs> you know, like, if I don't listen, at least listen in. Yeah, but I think that... You know, giving giving light, having the water, spending time at the, the altar. It's really good to have that relationship set up in advance because, like, last week I spent three whole days at my altar. I couldn't mm. leave. The anxiety that I was feeling is so uncharacteristic of me. The anxiety I was feeling was, it was like something I couldn't shake it. So I couldn't move. I couldn't go. Wow. And I just was at the altars, but like if you haven't if you haven't been taking care of your altars, you haven't been cleaning them, hasn't haven't been putting the water out, haven't been praying, haven't been spinning out, like when you really need that shit, now you have to go about the business of reconnecting. Sometimes you go through right. a little bit of guilt, guilt feelings and I really think that the spirit don't give a shit. Like I feel like spirit is like, you don't need to feel guilty. You just need to bring your ass. Right. You know, you don't care about your feelings. Just come on home. Just come on. Right. But you have to keep that thing going because mostly it's for you. Mostly it's for us. So definitely keep that. Well, I love this conversation. I think that a lot of other people will love it too. I'm grateful that you, um, you brought up the conversation of of altars and listening to your spirits about how 
they want you to set things up. There was a recent scandal on Instagram where somebody was basically, you know, just completely (laughs) fashioning her altars after another worker's altars. And it came out and it was very embarrassing and ugly. Um, well, it was embarrassing to watch. You know, I don't get embarrassed, so oh, right. it was it it was cringy. <laughs> wow, um, I wonder if it was during my hiatus because I missed that. I'm like, how did I miss that? Yeah. I must, I, must I missed it too because you know I've I've been keeping I've been keeping my eyes on my own plate and on my own paper for a little bit. Uh, because I was starting to feel like, oh, I want to do that too. I want to do that too. I want to do. It's real easy to slip into that that energy, and you have to protect yourself from distractions. And one of the ways you can do that is to temporarily unfollow. You know what I mean? Right. I only have about, I want to say like twenty or so people that I endorse and that I fuck with, and that I think people should, you know, also work with. And I I'm loud about those things. And I right. tell people, yes. like, I have a list. If they ain't on the list, right. I either don't know them or I don't fuck with them. So I have my 20 or whatever. But even I was like, oh, I want to do that too. So the third time I had that thought, I was like, okay, you need a break, little girl. Cause... Right, right, <laughs> right. And that's something you know, too, you know, but I need people to understand about this social media thing. Like, y'all, a lot of people don't know. Y'all, a lot of y'all saved are liars. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of that stuff and on Instagram that and Facebook that people you see them posting like that shit ain't true. Like a lot of people can't even conceive of the fact that these people are actually. You can get on Instagram and and make up anything. You can create any persona. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can copy anything. You can present anything as yours. You yep. know, like. And so, and honestly, with, with this rich shit, like the real shit, is not pretty. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I have to, like my my boveda is beautiful because they're set up that way for elevation. You know, I have my my spaces for my orishas. You know, my vessels or whatever, the ones that I have received. But when I'm really getting my nitty gritty shit, that's first of all the thing that's not going on Instagram, and two. That's oh. just the work that I'm doing outside in the dirt, out in the trees, in the woods, bones, blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, not ready for that blood. Girl. They're not ready for that. They ain't ready. Like, that's what that real. That's what that real work looks like. You know, dirt and ash and mud and you know what I'm saying? Like that. It don't look. That real work don't. It's not pretty. And I need people to understand that. Like. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so, but yeah, it doesn't, I can't, feel, it doesn't always feel good. Even something as simple as a spiritual bath. I tell Hannah, you know, her bath. When I take a bath from Hannah, I be feeling like I've been brought to the brink of death. Like that shit is so uncomfortable, and she don't care. <laughs> she be like, "Okay, you're doing it again tomorrow." Like she is so just. Uh, Girl, my that's you know, just it's not cute. When we Y'all be the bath, in these, girl. girl. It'd be cold, you'd be, you'd be shaking, you'd be like, you'd be looking like... You made like us take ours in the middle water. of the night the other day. <laughs> mm. I'd be like, my you know, I was like, is this going to be cold? He's like, this is not a spa. That's what he says. This is not a spa. I'm like, you got me bathing in cold swamp water. But I'd be feeling good <sighs> after, though. <laughs> okay, after, yeah. after. Sometimes it takes me a few hours. <laughs> Sometimes it, that was the night I had to go sleep with Santa Muerte. But, you know, I woke up feeling amazing. I did. Yes. But, 
back to don't be feeling like oh a nice warm um bath that you want to take a nice snapshot for instagram and it has pieces of grapefruit and whole <laughs> whole flowers <laughs> yeah my husband never gave me no he ain't never give me no bath with no whole flowers and grapefruit like no. <laughs> the grapefruit bath okay anyway let me stop y'all do what y'all want Right. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I totally mm-hmm. have enjoyed this whole conversation, though. I'm me very too. glad. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely honored. I'm looking forward to um, the retreat. Um, yes, so girl. Tell us about the retreat. Oh, yes. So I guess I'll you know, put out there for those who are listening. So um, I am doing a week-long excursion down in New Orleans. Um, it's called Bayou Sun, and it's, yeah, the topic is intro to sex magic, tapping into your gifts. So, you know, the I started this retreat because I wanted uh, us, you know, people of color to really connect with our magic and our lineage here in the diaspora. You know, a lot of us are awakening, and we're wanting to, you know, tap into the traditions of our ancestors, but a lot of us are just bypassing what we have access to here and going straight to Africa and not knocking it, you know, because of course, you know, everything comes from Africa, you know, but we have spirits here and lineages here that we need to really connect with. So, um, you know, I started off with this retreat last year over the weekend. This year it's going to be week long and it's going to focus on, you know, learning about the African traditional religions, workshops on hoodoo and conjure, um, focuses on sex magic, so workshops on, on sex magic. Um, I have, um, I was going to be doing a workshop on oils, making oils, yes. um, which is very generous for her to be sharing her secrets. And I can tell y'all, um, y'all are blessed that I will be sharing as much as she shares. I just want to put that out there because... <laughs> Entitled and acting like I owe you something, like stop that because I'll be like, and this is me, you know, being the way I am about the sisterhood and being like overprotective and shit. But I'm like, she owe you shit, and she ain't gotta give you shit, and she gives y'all a lot <laughs> for real. <laughs> oh, hey, some it. of them don't be catching it. Some of them do though. <laughs> I I got some girls. Every time I say a book, they go to in, um to. Barnes and Noble or wherever people get their books, right. they go and get their books right away. They start reading them. They send me, you know, the passages with their notes and, and, and with their highlights. And they ask questions about it. They, they, some of them are really on top of it. But those are the people who can read in between the lines and who, when I right. say go look up Hoodoo in America on this this journal website, they go and fucking do it and read the journal. And then read it right. <laughs> But Some for you people, to share you know, they as much actually you share. go there. Right. Like, for you to share as much as you share, y'all are lucky. So y'all are lucky that she's given this oil um, workshop at the um, event, but it'll be October 28th through November 2nd. And um, there's going to also be, like, a tour of New Orleans um, with uh, Kalinda Laveau, who she did um, the – she did it for us last year. So she gave us a beautiful walking tour of French Quarter um, and Congo Square with all the history of New Orleans because she's a native. 
and um, mm-hmm. tying in the, the hoodoo and the conjure and just like just all of the history, the different cultures and everything. So um, she's going to be doing that again this year. And then we're going to be doing a Day of the Dead shoot, Dia de los Muertos shoot in the cemetery. We're going to get face painted with the sugar skulls. So this is going to be this beautiful um, thing. You know, we're going to visit the Dark Lady, which is a Botanica um, down there uh, that's owned by... Which one? It's called the Dark Lady. It's owned by... Um, uh, well, I, I call him Matt, um, but he's an initiated um, priest in Haitian voodoo. Um, so he's we're gonna be visiting. Um, it's the only I think uh botanica that's run by an actual legitimate initiated priest. Um, but we won't we won't talk about that. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been keeping my my mind and my heart and my mouth away from that. So <laughs> yes. And it's not just that one. It's, you know, like, it's the only shop down there that is completely run by all everybody and there's a practitioner, initiated practitioner. Mm. So it's no shade just on one. It's just a shade on everybody else down there. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't misunderstand her. It's definitely a shade. <laughs> right. Let's make it clear that who's getting the shade. Um, so yeah, and um, then Raha Saint Journey, she's gonna um actually lead us on a plant journey, a plant medicine journey. Um, yes. I've been wanting to do one in Miami. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Super excited. Take me all around this motherfucker. I know y'all got herbs just blooming. Yes, I'm. They used to do them because you know the the um Tenteros they they run um. Miami, but they do. They just haven't done. I I haven't been able to connect with anyone doing it, so I'm like I'm about to go get me some books and figure it out myself. Yeah, and I, you know, where the other plants are. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, but um, and then I have a friend of mine, um, Chef Madison. She's an amazing trained chef. She's going to be catering the entire event. She's gonna do a workshop. Oh, her food's so good. Yeah, her food is like I love um, her. Yes, yes, and her energy. So she's gonna teach us all how to prepare food for our spirits, cooking for the spirits, and um, you know, make, making certain foods for altar offerings. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure I'm leaving out some things because it's so we it's like a jam packed week, but. I'm very excited about it and um, looking forward to it. And registration is open now. I'm only taking 15 people, and I might even lower the number because um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like this means a lot. Just you know, so I might lower it to 10. We'll just see how I feel. But it's a small group of people. I'm not taking the world down there to New Orleans. Um, and it's you know, it's all inclusive. It's just the only thing is just that um, people who come have to get away to from New Orleans, but once we're there, transportation provided, lodging, we'll be staying on the beach house um, in Mississippi, which is only like 20 minutes from New Orleans, um, like a house right on the beach. And I find that necessary because New Orleans has a lot of spiritual energy, like like mm-hmm. it's a voice, like as soon as you cross over into the bayou, like it, you feel it, and it just gets even yeah, more do. intense. 
And so I, when we were there last year and we stayed in the beach house away from the city, it balanced it out because it was, it was um, a, an overload to be in, mm-hmm. you know, to have to, because like when I'm in New Orleans, I dream. Like my dream is like <laughs> activated. Like it's, uh, I, the spiritual energy is, I see the spirits more and it's, it's energetically loud and it's energetically overwhelming. So, yeah. um, we're going to be, you know, spending um, the, that time away to process, you know, at the beach. So that is that. And I'm very excited, you know, that I will be participating um, and bringing her her energy to it. And um, hopefully we'll get Hulu Hannah on, on board. We, I know Zyle signed Yeah, up. oh, I told her this weekend <laughs> she's going. I told her, I was like, you need to come up in here. But you know, <laughs> Hannah, she's one of the old school. She's like, I can't tell these people all, all these little hoodoo secrets. That's like selling grandma's house. You know, that's how. <laughs> that's how. <I'm> like, <laughs> I love her though. She like, is yeah. that. Like, you can totally tell. But um, you know, just we're gonna see if she can come and bless the people for you know a little bit. So um, yeah, but yeah she, so, you know, she loves her some ancestral veneration. Like, she yeah, her I'm like, you need to show up for these people because she was talking about doing uh retreat so i'm gonna stay on her head about it mm-hmm. please do because that's so because that, <laughs> that is the point of you know the the event because it's connecting us with our ancestors because real talk yes going to africa is beautiful but we have a whole slew of ancestors and spirits here that we're connected yep. to and to be honest with you they they're, they're angry that they're being ignored yeah. You know, they feel a way that they're not being venerated, not being honored. Um, and right. that's something else that I also kind of want to touch on quickly before we close um, is that um, that goes back to that conversation about the cookie cutter thing. So when you're doing this work and you're connecting with your spirits, you have to be willing to connect with all the spirits that are coming to you that are for your best good. That includes mm. if they're white. That includes if they're Hispanic, that includes, you know, if they're parts of lineages and groups of people that you may personally feel a way about. Um, right. Like, this, you because these spirits are, if they're for your highest good, they're your spirit guides. If they're here for your evolution and for you to shun them because of your own personal prejudices, you're blocking a lot of blessings that they could be bringing you, a lot of magic that they could be bringing you. You know, um, I have a lot of spirits in my spiritual frame that are um, Hispanic. They're, they're mm-hmm. you know, in, in in their lineage, and so I have to honor that. Um, you know, not all of us have slaves in our lineage. We have to honor that, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us have white ancestors, and we got to work through that too, <laughs> you know. Um, That's real. <laughs> so... So I just wanted to throw that out there um, because that's part of the ancestor reverence is like, it's almost like you're wanting to honor your great grandmother before you honor your mother. Like it's a, it's a step. You got to take baby steps. So yeah. start with what you have access to here and then work your way through the branch, through the tree. So I love that. Yeah. But that's, I think that's all I got. <laughs> yes, girl. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you and, so much. And whoever um, is listening, thank you so much for 
listening in. We'll be back soon with some more dope shit. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs>